Blog Talk Radio. the 415. I'm Raina Starr. With me as always is the amazing Star Bustamante. Say hello, Star. Hello, Star. Happy Indictment Day. The 415 is brought to you by the Wild Hunt and Desperate House Witches. The... <laughs> oh my God, this is going to be great. There will be cursing. There will be talk of all kinds of things like riots and January 6th. There will be opinions that belong to me and my co-hosts and no one else. So with all of that being said, let me just start, and we will get back to the indictment, of course. But first up, we would like to talk about something going on in Atlanta. Uh, Journalist George Cheedy uncovered the fake elector meeting in Atlanta and testified before the grand jury in Fulton County. What up with that? What has he? What did he find? What was he testifying about? So, um, according to George himself, who I know, um, basically he was there, you know, when they were um, all of after the election and. Uh, he sees all of these Republicans going into this room. And George is a journalist and a very good one. And so he's like, oh, what's going on in here? So they right. want to let him into the room. And he's like, so what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we're having a meeting about education. And sure. George was like, that's very odd. Um and so he just kept poking, and um, ultimately that's what they were doing. It was all the people who were uh, trying to assemble, you know, like the fake electors. And he got to testify before the grand jury. Now, what this also means is that as a result of that, he will be able to be in the courtroom when uh, – if Trump has to testify, he'll be able to be be in the in the courtroom. Uh, he'll you know, and as a journalist, of course, he he can cover it. But he's also um, he's a witness. So uh, basically, George's nosiness pays off. You know, um, which for anyone who doesn't know, journalists are we're we're all, we're a, a, a nosy lot. We we when we see something that we're like, well, what's that all about? Then we're gonna keep poking when we don't get satisfactory answers. And uh, George is a you know is an excellent journalist, and he just kept poking. And as a result of that, he testified before the grand jury, which is in, in Fulton County, which is huge. And that case is, is. moving forward. Um, so it'll be very interesting. <laughs> That'll be very interesting, um, you know. Arraignment day—it's arraignment day in DC, but yeah. um, 
But there are there are some <laughs> other things that 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 have ha- that have been happening that are uh, that add extra gravity to uh, to the arraignment that is going to take place you know, today. I, I don't understand how anybody needs more gravity or more proof or more witnesses or more evidence. It's extraordinarily clear what happened. There has been testimony about phone calls that were made to Georgia uh, about finding votes. Obviously, this whole idea of uh, I didn't know I had lost the election, that's a defense. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. There's also more shenanigans. What about Michigan? Michigan had an interesting thing happen. What's up? What up, Michigan? Hey. Well, um, so Michigan, uh, the attorney general charged uh, 16 people uh, total, and each of them faced eight felony uh, charges that have to do with um, basically with forgery. Um, Wow. You know, these were the 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 fake electors. You know, and and it's worth noting that anybody who has participated in these schemes, and keep in mind that these were schemes that you you know we're not just talking like Michigan has brought charges. Georgia is you know in the process of of bringing charges, but these were schemes that were that were um, you know that they were attempting to carry out. In multiple states, basically any state that Trump thought he should have won, um, this is it was going on in all of those states. So um, I think it's safe to say that um, this is very likely the beginning, um, and wow. nowhere near the the end. Um, you know, keep in mind that you know, I mean. Uh, I mean, this is just pretty, uh, pretty astounding, really. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm perplexed at how nothing. I mean, with all of the evidence presented so far, again, this is not the first indictment day. This is just another one. Uh, we had well, a previous indictment day. And we're probably going to have more incitement days after, I'm assuming. Um, but I just, what do people need to be convinced about the corruption? Well, I don't understand how people are looking at this and saying, oh, they're just out to get Trump. Yeah, because he broke the law. Is it well, just me or what? Well, okay, so first of all, you have to realize that the people who are diehard Trumpers, nothing that happens or is said will sway them, okay? Like nothing. Okay, so let's just get that right out of the way. There are a good percentage of, of you know, forever Trumpers, MAGAs, whatever you want to call them, it doesn't matter what is said, what happens, they're not going to believe anything, um, and you can just pretty much write those folks off. It doesn't matter, okay? It doesn't matter that he basically called for 
his followers to, you know, to go after Mike Pence, his own vice president. They don't care about that, you know, um, which, by the way, I want to interject here real quickly that, you know, Pence has made his strongest statement yet uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Um, and and finally just said it, you know, that this was wrong, that Trump was wrong, and that you can't do what he did. Um, but the other factor you have to you have to take into consideration here is that there's a whole lot of people that have the potential to get scooped up in this whole thing, right? Because you know it wasn't oh, just sixteen people. There wasn't just sixteen right. people in Michigan, and these are small potatoes, basically. Um. Very small potatoes. Uh, this this is this has the potential to to involve some very high profile folks. Um, and if you think those people aren't, I mean, and we're talking about elected officials. We're talking about, you know. Uh, the Josh Hawleys of the world and the Lindsey Grahams and other prominent Republicans, you know, I mean, what would have been considered the fringe of the party even 10 years ago are now the core of the party. And if Trump goes down, there's a good chance that many of them will be charged and go down as well. Plus, you know, you can expect that Trump will flip to save his own ass. He will sure. deflect blame onto other, you know, other Republicans and say, well, it wasn't my idea or whatever. I mean, lately they've been, you know, they, they kind of uh, were floating this balloon of that, you know, that Trump was so delusional that he believed it. So that's kind of been their defense. Um but I mean that's not that's not going to fly, you know. It's not going to fly, and all of these people are at risk. So they are going to continue to proliferate this story that it is politically motivated, that it's a witch hunt, that you know that he shouldn't be charged, that he shouldn't, you know, that that if they convict him, it's uh, you know that it's all political theater, all of this, which. I want to remind our listeners that he was not indicted by politicians. He was not indicted, you know, yes, the DOJ put forth the case, but he was indicted by a grand jury of average folks. Average folks. You know, when they do jury pool, you know, it's like anybody can be called. And uh, that's who handed down this indictment. So I think that's a very important point to to remember. But as for what's it going to take, what's it going to take? I mean, there is a percentage that you just got to write off. They're not going to believe anything. And the people who are in positions of power who are going to be threatened with losing their seat, 
they are gonna they will hang on till their last dying breath if they if they think that there is some hope of 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 saving themselves by supporting Trump. But I think that once things really start to get grim, like like they're not like like they're not already, but you know apparently they haven't gotten that memo yet. Um, that some of these people will start flipping. Um, you know, if it looks like a choice between, ooh, I may lose my seat, and, oh, golly, I could go to prison on felony charges and never be able to run for office again, then, you know, they're more likely to cough up what they know. Um, so, yeah. I'm, you know, wild. One, one of the things that kind of surprises me or maybe it shouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I mean, because now he's, like, blaming uh, attorney John Eastman. Uh, John Eastman was one of his attorneys at some point. Um, and and Trump is saying that, you know, his attempt to overthrow the duly elected, you know, the, the, the results of a, of a, of a well-done election was based on legal advice from his lawyer, John Eastman. It's like, you know, I'm waiting for more drags of Giuliani and Sidney Powell. Um, I still, I'm still hopeful that Roger Stone will be part of this whole, I just want Roger Stone gone uh, because he's such a smug prick. But obviously that has nothing to do with the news because, it isn't news that he's a prick. Everyone knows. Um, but the idea that this guy is going to deflect, having had admitted to some people that he knew he had lost the election. See, if he had never said any of that, if he had never um, whined like a child to half the people in his vicinity at all times, he, that might have been a viable defense, but he didn't. It's all a complete sham. It's all a complete lie. But yet, you think today's kind of a nothing burger. Tell me why. Well, I mean, this is pretty standard stuff, okay? So the indictment has already been handed down. Um, mm-hmm. You know, basically an arraignment is just they're going to they're gonna read the charges against him and then – um, they'll enter a plea, you know, uh, or they'll say, yeah, when we plead not guilty, you know, and based on blah, 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 whatever legal precedent they're going to, you know. Now, what would make it less of a nothing burger is if they say that, you know, if they plead not guilty by diminished capacity or something along those uh-huh. lines, that would make it really interesting. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think, you know, um, that their argument is going to be that, um, you know, that this is a political witch hunt and blah, 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 the same bullshit, although there's not really any legal standing there. Um, so, you know, fucking good luck with that. Uh, but so, I mean, so this is, I mean, the only thing extraordinary about this is the fact that this is a former president that has been indicted on federal charges, um, that are, I mean, the, the charges, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the indictment because, I mean, this indictment, I mean, 
and I, I want to say that, you know, the fact that it's 45 pages long is, like, perhaps the most delightful of, uh, you know, ironies uh, that, that, there, that there are. But, you know, so there's four counts in this indictment. Wait, I want to interject just before we go to that, um, and I want to say, hey, folks, support your favorite pagan paper. The Wild Hunt. Check out wildhunt.org. Give it all your support. It needs your support. Why? Because Wild Hunt has real journalists doing real journalism. We need real journalism. We are heading into an election season again. Lies will be spun again. Therefore, we need to have journalism we can rely on. That would be at wildhunt.org consider giving them a generous donation or become a sustaining member. Give give the less than the price of a cup of coffee. You can get it every day. In your inbox, where it belongs. That's wildhunt.org. Thank you. Speaking of which, said indictment and forty five pages, I am holding in my very hand this indictment. And while I have not had a chance to read all of it yet because I actually have a day job, there have been some points that have delighted me and upset me at the same time because I can't believe this is my country. Start, go ahead and wow. start talking about wow. the four counts, if you would. All right, so there's, there's four counts. Um, the first one is conspiracy to defraud the United States. Count two is conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Count three is obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And count four is uh, conspiracy against rights. And it's count four that probably carries the most weight because it's obstructing the it, – it's – Basically violating right people's vote. voting rights. Yeah. Correct. And yep. if he's convicted on that, he cannot run. He can never hold office again. So I can hope. I can hope. So, um, so there, there, yeah, there, I, there is that. <laughs> I, I, before you, before you start, before you go on with what, what you, what you're going to read. Um, I just want to say that looking at this indictment, okay, like as soon as this, like I heard that that the uh, indictment had been uh, unsealed um, on, I think, Tuesday when I was driving home from work, and I was like, holy shit, okay. And so the first thing I did when I came home was, you know, I got home just in time to watch Jack Smith's rather brilliant presser which was short, to the point, and at the same time gracious uh, for the where the people that he works with are concerned. Um, but anybody who has any ties to to all of this, whether we're ta- you know that basically tried to change the outcome of the election. 
I sincerely believe that many of them peed their pants when they heard that presser. Um, Absolutely. The, the, the indictment itself is very plainly written, and that was deliberate so that people could read it. So the average person who's yeah. not a liar could read the indictment and understand exactly what the what the points were. And it, it is it's brilliantly written. And it's clear. You know it is a very fourth grader could get it. And that is why because I know some folks have and I'm not gonna sit here and read forty five pages, but Aww. I will read well, I might if you if you let me, I might because quite frankly, folks need to hear what it says. Now I am going to start the forty the forty five pages. I have printed it out, and Star just gave you all of the counts, the four counts. Okay, and I'm going to read to you the introduction, and it says. Number one, the defendant, Donald J. Trump, was the 45th president of the United States and a candidate for re-election in 2020. The defendant lost the 2020 presidential election. Point two, despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. So for more than two months following election day, on November 3rd, 2020, the defendant spread lies that there had been outcome-determinative fraud in the election and that he had actually won. These claims were false, and the defendant knew that they were false, but the defendant repeatedly, widely disseminated them anyway to make his knowingly false claims appear legitimate, create an intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger, and erode public faith in the administration of the election. So this speaks to the fact that he refused to concede, okay, and continued to, while he knew he had lost, continued to tell everyone he had won. Okay, point number three. The defendant had a right, like every American, to speak publicly about the election and even to claim falsely that there had been outcome determinative fraud during the election and that he had won, he was, which means he was allowed to lie because you, you, don't get, you don't go to jail for just lying, apparently. Although, I, I don't know, I have a problem with that, but that's me. He was also, going back to this, he was also entitled to formally challenge the results of the election through lawful and appropriate means, such as by seeking recounts or audits of the popular vote, filing lawsuits, challenging ballots, and procedures. Indeed, in many cases, the defendant did pursue these methods of contesting the election results. His efforts to change the outcome in any state through recounts audits, or legal challenges were uniformly unsuccessful. All of it, in essence, okay, stepping away from this for a minute, in essence, everything he tried to do failed. There was no widespread outcome-determinative fraud is what that means. All that fraud he talked about 
did not exist. It could not be found through any of the means. Point number four. Shortly after Election Day, the defendant also pursued unlawful means of discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results. In doing so, the defendant perpetrated three criminal conspiracies. A, a conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to impair, obstruct, and defeat the lawful federal government function by which the results of the presidential election are collected, counted, and certified by the federal government in violation of 18 U.S.C. 371. Okay, so that's... Now, this is not, this is not flying in the face of did he have a right to lie. These are two separate things. A conspiracy to defraud is to gather other people and create a lie that is perpetrated as fact through other people, okay? So in essence, it wasn't him just saying that the election was a fraud and a sham and he actually won. He conspired to get legal officials to join him in a conspiracy. That is not legal, okay? If you want to stand on a street corner and lie your ass off, you're allowed to do that. But when you try to get a whole bunch of people together to do something criminally through lies and fraud, that is not legal. Am I correct on that, Star? Correct. 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 Thank you. I mean, yes. You've got you got it. Okay. B. A conspiracy to corruptly obstruct and impede the January 6th congressional proceeding at which the collected results of the presidential election are counted and certified. So for those who don't remember, January 6th was not a random day. It was a very specific day, and it was determined by them that this was the time to stop the certification, okay, the certification proceeding to officially name Joe Biden as our new president, okay? This is in violation of 18 U.S.C. 1512. And, C, a conspiracy against the right to vote and to have one's vote counted in violation of 18 U.S.C. 241. Okay, what does that mean? In essence, what Trump wanted to do was to throw out your vote and overturn the election. In essence, the, the voting rights that we have, that we keep screaming, everyone must vote, everyone must vote, he attempted to nullify your rights as a citizen to have your vote counted because his aim was to be reinstalled, actually not reinstalled, he just wanted to maintain power. Now, there's a whole bunch of things at work here. A lot of people believe that Trump wants to be president because he just enjoys the power. Then there are some of us who also believe that Trump wants to stay in power because he wants to turn the country into a dictatorship. Then there's a lot of us who believe that Trump wants to be in power so he doesn't go to jail. All three things can be true. 
What say you, Josh? Well, yes. Uh, all of those theories are, are not mutually exclusive, and, and they, they can all, all be uh, true. Uh, I think if you look at what has happened since he has been out of office, and what the horrible implications, especially for the um, the war that Russia started with Ukraine, um, the outcome would likely have been far different uh, because if Trump was in power, he would have wanted to probably give weapons to Putin and not to Ukraine and oh, would have been unable to um, unable and unwilling to rally support with um, all of the European nations to support Ukraine. So um, I think that uh, that there is some of all of those theories is true. Um, how big a factor that they play. I mean, but the, you know, just like the case with the documents, like I, my personal opinion is that the entire time that he was in office, he was likely sharing things that should not have been shared and probably selling them for his own personal profit uh, to to foreign governments or foreign agents, you know. And I mean, and then there's still the question of, you know, the amount of grift that uh, Jared uh, the son got. Of law. Yes, the son Jared of law. Kushner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got yep. you know there are unexplained billions that he got from uh, Saudi Arabia, um, which incidentally, now that Musk is at the helm of what used to be Twitter, you know Saudi Arabia is one of his largest investors. They have they can they basically can have control. So. Uh, I think all of these pieces, when you start lining them up, it gives you a pretty clear picture of the direction that certain elements within this country would like to to see things moved. Uh, Unfortunately for them, we still have a democracy, and today's arraignment is, uh, you know, is absolutely evidence of that democracy playing out. Yeah. So, I mean, but you you look at, if you, anybody that wants to read this indictment, I mean, it is online. There's not probably not a single uh, reliable news source that does not have the indictment available to be read online. And, it goes through very clearly and outlines all of the charges, um, and it and it also names. There are six unnamed co-conspirators who have also are unindicted at this point um, because they are uh, they have willingly testify given testimony as to the role that they played in the conspiracy to to basically overthrow all of the votes of people. Anyone who voted for Biden, that they were 
intent on nullifying those those votes in order to keep Trump Indeed. in power. And Absolutely. of the of the six, four of those unnamed co-conspirators were attorneys, our attorneys. Well, they probably won't be long before they we can say they were attorneys because uh, even if, if charges aren't brought against them, it's pretty serious accusations. And then co-conspirator four was a official with the Justice Department. That's a little eye-popping. And number six was a political consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's, it is absolutely stunning to to read. So I'm just going to go through and I'm going to read Wait. what. So Wait. co-conspirator go. one, yes. mm-hmm. an, an attorney who was willing to spread knowingly false claims and pursue strategies that the defendant's 2020 re-election campaign attorneys would not. Okay? Mm -hmm. Co-conspirator number two, an attorney who devised and attempted to implement a strategy to leverage the vice president's ceremonial role overseeing the certification proceeding to obstruct the certification of the uh, presidential election. Uh-huh. I'm going to go back through and tell you who these folks are, too. Um, but co-conspirator number three, an attorney mm-hmm. whose unfounded claims of election fraud the defendant privately acknowledged to others sounded crazy. Uh-huh. Nonetheless, the defendant embraced and publicly amplified co-conspirator number three's disinformation. Co-conspirator number four, a Justice Department official who worked on civil matters and who, with the defendant, attempted to use the Justice Department to open sham election crime investigations and influence state legislatures with knowingly false claims of election fraud. Co-conspirator number five, an attorney who assisted in devising and attempting to implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct the certification proceedings. Mm -hmm. And then, finally, co-conspirator number six, a political consultant Mm -hmm. who helped implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct the certification proceeding. I mean, this is pretty stunning. You think you've seen it all, and then you know, like read this, and you're just like, "Holy Christ, what the fuck!" Like, like, how did they exactly. even think that they would get away with this? I mean, this is exactly, and so like. So, as for the 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 co-conspirators, um, Rudy Giuliani, of course, is co-conspirator number one. number one. Yep. John Eastman is uh, co-conspirator number two. 
dear old Sydney Powell, who's just crazier mm-hmm. than a shit house rat, is number rat. three. For sure. And the Justice Department official is Jeffrey Clark. And I want to point out that I only got one of these. I wasn't sure about the Justice Department official, but, mm-hmm. like, right off the bat, I had the first three attorneys. I was like, oh, that's, a, that's a no-brainer because just because yeah. they – in the indictment, you can read what they what they testified to, and it's like, oh, well, fuck yeah, that's Giuliani. There's no question. Right. And then the Absolutely. fifth attorney, co-conspirator number five, is uh, is Kenneth Chesbro. Um, yeah. Which I, didn't I have, have to say that was that wasn't on my bingo card. No, no, my mine either. Although I will say that anybody who has been following this online, like when as the as you know, analyst, political and and news analysts were figuring this out by going through like what has what was said and the dates and whatnot. There were numerous jokes about, you know, Chesbro. If you look at his name, it's almost like Cheesebro. And so yeah. the cheese, the Cheesebro jokes were uh, pretty fucking epic. As of right now, nobody's quite sure who the uh, who the political okay. consultant is that helped Chesbro, but. I have uh, I'm sure Raina has some thoughts. I do have some thoughts, and it's not just because I can't stand him, but because he fits the description. I'm going with Roger Stone. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Excuse me. Well, the list is so fucking long of, of people this could be. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I've been kind of like, looking online and seeing what other people have have to say, um, you know, because they're a political consultant, that means that it's not anybody that was, that was in uh, the administration, right? Right. They, right. They would have, they would have listed them differently. So this is somebody that was mm-hmm. not appointed or, or to, you know, or overseeing anything, um, it's somebody that's, that's probably pretty close to Trump and pretty fucking crazy. Now, granted, Stone certainly fits that bill, but Stone is also pretty fucking smart. So I think I think it's less likely that it is him. Uh, Bannon okay. certainly certainly comes to mind. Oh, you know, shit. I forgot about him. Holy crap, that makes perfect sense. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let me, can I trade mine in for Steve Bannon? Oh, I want to trade oh, mine in for Steve Bannon. I, th- I like I think that. We should, I think we should start a pool and, uh, you okay. know, and all proceeds go to the wild hunt, but that's just me. Um, you yeah, know, I but uh, Cleta Mitchell is is another one. You know, I mean, I, I've seen people saying, oh, please, 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 please let it be uh, Jenny Thomas. You know, I mean, oh, she's yeah, a, I doubt it. I don't think so. I don't. See well, it. she's up to her. She's up to her ass in it. I mean, you know, I mean, she helped organize the, you know, uh, the January sixth rally. You know, That's she true. was hip, hip deep in that. Um, some of the other uh, 
suggestions, uh, Boris Epstein, which is kind of would be like a personal favorite of mine because he's just the worst kind of scum that there is, um, and also has ties to Sinclair Broadcasting. So it would be yeah. delicious if it was him um, because that could blow back on, on Sinclair, which would not hurt my feelings. Um you know yeah, no. some of the uh, some of the other uh, names that have been tossed around. Uh, Jenna Ellis, you know, is is another. Um, you know, there was a whole can of crazy. Like, if anyone who watched the um, January sixth uh, select committee hearings, I mean, mm-hmm. there was no shortage of crazy people that were, you know. When we heard testimony from some of the White House attorneys, and I mean, there was a whole gang of crazy happening. Uh, of you know, my guess is that somebody probably that was close to Eastman, and also mm-hmm. close to uh, Chesbro. You know. It could be any of them, any of them, True. you know. I mean, at True. that point, I'm trying to think, you know, how far out of it was Bannon? Because wasn't he off, like, somewhere in Europe setting up some, you know, uh, conservative uh, Nazi lookalike camp for, you know, conservatives? I mean, at that time, I can't, well, I can't really remember. Time where there was... There was a falling out between them at one point, and then, you know, they kissed and made up or whatever it is that these men do after they've had a spat. But, um, you know, Bannon, one minute Trump loved him, the next minute Trump hated him. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I can't even begin to figure out what that situation is, but... You bring up some really good points and absolutely some viable candidates for being number six. There is no doubt. I just personally am so sick of Roger Stone, and I've been sick of Roger Stone for many, many years because he's a smug bastard, and he gets away with all kinds of insane bullshit that just drives me nuts. But while uh, I have a moment, I want to remind you, please support the Wild Hunt. Please check out wildhunt.org. We're talking about journalism. Journalism is important. We need real journalism. We're going to need real journalism, especially during this political campaign. We already know that AI has been used in very creative ways uh, to sound like people, to make phone calls, to send emails. I'm getting more AI attacks in my life now than I ever have before. If you think it was bad last campaign, last election cycle, I'm telling you they are ready to ramp it up. Please check out wildhunt.org. It is so important. Real journalism matters. Thank you very much. Okay, back to the show. (laughs) So Trump pleads not guilty on all charges. Gee, what a fucking surprise that is. (laughs) <laughs> like like I said, it was it's it's a nothing burger, you know. Um 
the, the only thing that would have made it not a nothing burger, like I said, if 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 they pleaded not guilty due to diminished capacity, um, you know, if a bunch That'll of idiots showed up at Right, if a bunch of idiots showed up and tried to storm the courtroom, you know, but um, but overall, uh, this was going to go exactly as it was supposed to go. You know, it's an arraignment. They go, they read the charges, and then um, they enter a plea. And and so yeah. that that is, you know, this is, and and let me just say that an arraignment should be a nothing burger. It should be boring. It should yeah. not be, you know, the building should not catch on fire. You know, uh, right. you it, right. it, it it should not. There should not be anything extraordinary happening. Um, just the fact that we have a former president who's been indicted and arraigned on charges is extraordinary. All on its own. It doesn't need, you know, we don't need folks juggling flaming torches or, you know, any other nonsense. That That's that's plenty. Um, you know, how quickly this moves is the next thing to watch. Um, this yeah. is not Florida. The judge in this case is um, has handed out, which I, I want to be really clear that there's probably not a judge in D.C. at the federal level that has not heard January 6th cases, okay? Um, Because all of those cases are, you know, have been brought in in the D.C. federal court. So this judge in particular has handed down some of the harshest sentences for January 6th insurrectionists. She has handed down sentences that were more than what the DOJ has asked for. So this is right. not this is not Florida. This is not a Trump appointed judge, although there have been plenty of Trump appointed judges that have heard January 6th cases and some of them have, you know, almost all of them have have given um handed out sentences that were well within the uh, the guidelines for, for the charges that, uh, of the case. So, and it was really luck of the draw. I mean, this, these cases are assigned by rotation um, and randomly. I mean, it's not like um, somebody said, oh, let's give so-and-so this one. That's not how it works. It's like it's automated and random. Nobody could have known who was going to get the case. So, right. This has the potential to move more quickly than some of the other cases. Um, and, you know, this makes, what, indictment number three for him? Yeah. So there'll be more. I mean, I think there's going to be more. And I think that they're, the way that they've listed all the co-conspirators as unindicted um you know, has implications as well. And and I think that there, the potential for there being a very wide net and more and more people being caught up in this are the fact that they didn't indict the co-conspirators at this time means that, um, you know, other people are more likely forward 
or to give up information. Uh, so this is just the beginning, and I think it's going to get ugly. I think that uh, ultimately we'll probably see violence around this, but oh, yeah. it, this is huge. It's huge. Let me let me ask you a question. Is there a possibility that the co-conspirators will not be indicted? It depends on what kind of deals they worked out. You know, um, uh, if they, if any of the information that they gave was false or misleading, um, then they could certainly be charged. I mean, typically when you have um, someone labeled as an unnamed, unindicted co-conspirator, <laughs> that signifies that that they have cooperated to mm-hmm. you know to avoid charges um, but you know we'll see uh, we'll see what happens the reason you know and I ask this because i don't obviously I don't trust anybody who was part of this whatsoever. But I, I, I was just wondering if it would be possible for Giuliani to cooperate because from I, I keep hearing weird stuff like Giuliani is cooperating, but he's not turning on Trump. I don't know how that's possible. Is it possible that he could do that, number one? Number two... Wouldn't Trump turn on him in a half a second? Why is he protecting him? Well, that's the $64,000 question, isn't it? Um, (laughs) So, I mean, so he can give up details of things like of what he did or said and especially confirming, you know, public statements and and whatnot um, and cooperate. But, I mean... This is just the beginning. So, um, yeah. you know, for now, they're all unindicted, and that's probably based on the information and whatever deal that they struck. But, like I said, if anything, if they lied to investigators, um, yeah. if they gave false statements, you know, under oath, I mean, even if part of it's true, but part of it's not, then they could still face charges. Um, to be completely honest, I, I'm I'm not 100% sure when you're talking at the federal level what, mm-hmm. what that all might entail. Um, but the fact that so far they've not been indicted suggests um, that, that they've left the door open for a reason, and that's for other people to to give testimony. Because if they're like, right. well, you know, Giuliani cooperated and, and he didn't get indicted, so maybe I could tell what I know and buy me some protection from, you know, from being indicted. And But, I mean, and just because that they're, they're not indicted on these charges doesn't mean that they're not other charges that they could possibly be charged with. Um, you know, other things that they could be charged with, depending on 
what their level of involvement was. Now, sure. any of these folks that have good attorneys, you know, a good attorney is gonna is gonna negotiate. Okay, we're not. We'll give you this information, but my client wants assurance that they'll not be charged. You know, so I mean, it, it really comes down to what kind of deal they've struck, what kind of information that they've given, whether the information is, you know, is um, is true or not. All of all of that matters, but I mean, right. this is liable to be something. We're we're going to be. This is just the beginning. This is going to be ongoing, and um, I yeah. I'm concerned about people getting fatigued with this, you know, because it can drag on for so long. One of my biggest concerns, obviously is that he can still run for president while this is all happening. And his poll numbers have gone up amongst mm-hmm. His, mm-hmm. Uh, his supporters. So, um, you know, he could be trying to play run out the clock. Um, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of chicanery that can happen while we're watching this, you know, go down from a legal standpoint. He, he can very well be the first president, potentially, uh, to have all of these indictments, to be found guilty, and to still run for president and win, it's just terrifying. Well, if he's convicted on the on the fourth count, he cannot. On the fourth, right, right, the fourth count. Um, but if he happens but, to escape the fourth count, what happens? Well, first of all, I don't think he's going to win. I don't know that that he's going to run, you know, I mean, like, yeah, he's, he's running, but whether he'll be on the ballot or not remains to be seen. Um, really? Okay. They can nominate him, but, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I remain optimistic. Um, I think that, you know, 2020 proved that people still believe in, facts and the truth and they still manage to vote uh, regardless of yeah. all of the you know fuckery that's been going on uh, so we're, we're just we're just going to have to have to have to wait and see but it's definitely it's definitely you know something that is we're brought we're going to hear a lot more about and um, I think that there'll be charges possibly in other states and against some of these other people that are involved um, you know, one thing's for sure, it will not be boring. I, 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 do have, I do have something positive, really positive, to end with today. Yes, please do. So, this was, a, this was a little news item that almost managed to get past me. So, Taylor Swift has uh, given bonuses to every single person involved with her heiress tour in the amount of $100,000 to every single person. And so, like, a lot of people may not understand the enormity of that, like so when a very successful tour ends, you know, like the primary touring 
uh, crew might get, you know, anywhere from 2000 to $10,000 in bonuses. I mean, a lot of times it's just an extra paycheck, um, which may not sound a lot, but almost all, like the bare minimum is most of these people are making, you know, $1,500 a week. And I don't know anybody who can't do with an extra $1,500 in their pocket. Um, you know, and not everybody gets the same level of bonus. And rarely do, do truck drivers and, you know, those types of folks get those kinds of bonuses. For Taylor Swift to have given a hundred grand to each person that worked on this tour, first of all, is a shit ton of money. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars. Um, and it's pretty extraordinary. Um, my husband works in the industry. We had a conversation last night about, you know, like basically she has stood the industry on its ear and kind of shamed, um, so, you know, the industry itself because these big shows, I mean, it takes hundreds of people to put on a big show like what Taylor uh, Swift does. And, um, you know, I personally hope it starts a trend. Uh, I do too. Well, and especially if you look at what's going on with the the writer's strike and now the actor's strike, um, you know, the big-name actors, it doesn't matter. You know, they're fine. They're going to be fine no matter what. They may be bored because right. they can't really can't really work, but a lot of the people that are the people that are really striking that this means everything to them. I mean, they get they get screwed on a regular basis by these big studios and um, you know, and now with the you know being able to use AI, it's a huge deal. So I, I have to give I have to give a big you know, big hat tip to to Taylor Swift because what she did is nothing short of extraordinary and really kind of uh, plays into the uh, the whole role of, of kind of giving back. Thank you, Tay-Tay. We love the Tay-Tay. She is her own economy. Thank you, Tay-Tay. She can actually raise the economy of any city she goes to. It's amazing. The number of people that need to be employed just for one of her shows is out of bounds. But, yes, so that is a positive. So everybody keep your eyes on what's going on because shit's about to get interesting. We will see you next month with our next edition of the 415 unless something really earth-shattering happens, and then we'll just, we may have to do a special show. We don't know. But anyway, on that note, check out wildhunt.org. Thank you again. Say goodnight, Star. Goodnight, Star. All right, everybody. We'll see you next month. I'll be back with Talos and Govannon tomorrow, and you all take care. Watching the news, and don't forget to vote. <laughs>